Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to Off The Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you on what is preliminary final weekend. One game down, one game to go. Paul Hazelby, as I welcome you in, good morning. Good morning to you, Beaver. This could be one of the great weekends of all time when you talk about prelim finals. One down, one to go. Can't wait for tonight's big game. Geelong up against Brisbane, who really deserve it. Brisbane, they've been Mm. one of the best teams this year. But I think Geelong, with Dangerfield and and Selwood and the experience, Harry Taylor, I think they're going to go all the way this year. I love the way they played against Collingwood. Following on from that, the racing, enormous Mm. today the Everest. How good would it be to have a horse as a slot owner in the Everest? Now, there's about $9 million up for grabs if you win this race. One of the great sprint races on the calendar. The Caulfield Cup as well. And tomorrow, the West Coast Fever. Can't wait for them to play and hopefully bring home some silverware. So much sporting action across the weekend. We'll be hearing from Patrick Dangerfield in a little bit as well, of course, in advance of the game, which will get underway later on today. But as always, we start with this. The dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. Now, I've got a bone to pick this week, Paul Hayes. Yeah. Not with you. Not with you. You've had a really good week. I'm going to oh. leave you alone this week. But with I'm, I've set my sights high. There's probably about two people who are probably more well-known on the planet than this bloke. Not Federer. No, not Federer. Nadal? Not Nadal. Who? LeBron. I've got my eyes on LeBron James. The Lakers winning their 17th NBA championship. MVP. Yeah, fantastic. Do you see his post-game speech? Yeah. Oh, Rob Palenka, the general manager, wants his respect. Frank, the coach, wants his respect. And I want my damn respect too. What? What is he on about? What are you talking about, LeBron? Has he got a chip on his shoulder about the whole Jordan thing? Absolutely. But this is what I put up on my Twitter account earlier in the week. We are having conversations, and we had one on uh, the program that we do during the week even about this. We're in a different country. All over the world, they're having this debate, and I'm going, LeBron, you want your respect? Mate, we're having conversations about whether or not you are the greatest or second greatest Mm. human in the history of the earth to pick up a basketball, and you're saying you feel disrespected. So clearly he thinks he should be the best, and maybe that is respect to him. Fair enough. Maybe it is, but to put that out there, I'm like, what are you... Like, don't get me wrong, it made the headlines. It was a great story. You know, well done. They went down to the bubble and won. But I'm like, LeBron, I'm sorry, but get your head out of your proverbial. If you, if, if you think you're better than Jordan, that's fine. To me right now, you're not. But that's what great athletes do. They think they're the very best. He's got mm-hmm. four. He's still yeah. got time on his side. Yeah. He could get to six. 100%. He's been there for a long time. He's scoring mm-hmm. records. Yeah. Are certainly there. 100%. But this is what I'm saying, though. But he owns all these accolades. And he goes, where's my respect? Mm. Mate, where... Are you the best or the second best human in the history he, of the world? But he, he is scrutinised a lot, though, yes, through right. that time. Hundred percent. Maybe he's over scrutinised. You're doing it right now. Do you think he's over scrutinised? Well, I think so in a way. There is a, a lot of people that say no, he's no good. He's only good with other people, good players no. around him. No, I, I, I think, and I put this up on my Twitter as well. 
he if he gets one more, I'll happily proclaim him better than Jordan. There's a lot of things that work in his favor, the durability, but you take into account the fact that Jordan took two years out of the game. You take into account the fact that Jordan went to college and won a championship at North Carolina. Whereas you can't LeBron include colleges. No, no, no. I'm not counting that as championships. I'm saying they're two completely different careers in a lot of ways. I've still got Jordan on top of the Mount Rushmore, uh, Rushmore, so to speak. LeBron, if you get one more... You've got it. But the fact that we're having a conversation about whether or not you're the greatest human to ever play basketball, I think you've got the respect. Pull your head in. Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Pick one. Nadal. Djokovic. That's a a little bit of hard. Federer is probably the undisputed, but I love the way Nadal plays. I think Djokovic's best is better than all of them. And he will get 24. I think Djokovic will end up with more Grand Slams Mm. than all of them. But my question to you is, which one do you like most? Federer. Nadal. I don't think anybody's picking. I don't think anyone's picking Djokovic as a likable or watchable player over the other two. That's all we've got time for in the dig. Patrick Dangerfield coming up next. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you, and Paul Hazelby and our good friend Carl Langdon were lucky enough to get some time from the Geelong superstar Paddy Dangerfield earlier in the week. This is what he had to say. Welcome, Paddy. Nice to talk to you, mate. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a interesting season. Probably you would describe it a little bit different to that, mate. But, um, look, it's been <laughs> a wonderful effort by your team thus far and a couple of games to go. Yeah, it's it's been an indifferent season, that's for sure, Carl. I remember um, when we first flew over to Perth for our what was going to be apparently a maximum of 32 days away from home. We're sitting at 102 or something like that now. So (laughs) it's been a a funny old year, but, um, you know, no better way to cap it off than to win Saturday night and then to to crank it up again next week. So it's all ahead of us. And how are you feeling about it, Paddy? Another prelim final. You haven't been to a grand final yet, so I'm sure that you'd like to be putting a really big performance this weekend, as you have been doing through the final series personally. No, you're right. I haven't been to a, to a granny, but geez, I've lost some prelims, so mm. I think it's about time that um, that uh, that we won one, and um, I want to taste a bit of success a bit more this time of the year. So, um, you know, I feel like we're we're playing some really good footy at the moment. Even in week one of the finals, where we we didn't quite get it done against Port, I still felt that we'd actually played some good footy throughout the night. We just didn't capitalise in front of goal when we had the opportunities to. So. Um, That'll be, I think, a critical component to whichever side um, wins tomorrow night. It's when you've got the momentum and, and you're playing your game style, being able to capitalise and put on you know, really solid scoreboard pressure. Hey, Paddy, can you give us some more understanding about the culture and the expectation down there at Geelong? We did have Brian Cook on the other day and he said the expectation is top four every year and you've been at the Adelaide Crows. Did you notice anything different about the Geelong Football Club when you walked in the door? Because the success of this team has been enormous. Even though you haven't won the premierships, to be there and around the mark in so many prelims for a long time and hopefully go further this year, what is it about this club that stands out? Um, it's never something that's sort of internally spoken about. We certainly not as players. You're not saying we need to finish top four. It's growing up, that was always sort of a, the sacrosanct, sacrosanct thing to say because it, you put the mozzles on yourself for even, even getting into finals. So um, it's about as, as players controlling the controllables. And I think that the real strength of Geelong's is um, that for, for players is performance. 
and then the off-field stuff. So if we're not winning games, it's not the emotional roller coaster ride of, oh, we've won, fantastic, lids off, let's go and party. And the same can be said for when we've lost games. It's not we're down in the doldrums and no one can enjoy themselves or smile for a couple of days. But I think we've kept a really even keel. And we've certainly done that in, in my time that we've that I've been at the club. And I think that's been more important than ever this season, uh, especially given the, the hub situation that we've all been in. We're all living under the same roof in each other's pockets. So if you live the emotional roller coaster, geez, it's going to be a, a fatiguing sort of journey and what is now, you know, over 100 days. Um, we've just kept it as, as even as we possibly can, even though we've had some down days here and there. Um, I think that's been a, a key component to our success. And you're a really mature group too, uh, Paddy, and I reckon probably for the most part when you look through your team, I mean, you and Hawk and uh, Ablett, Selwood, Tui, Taylor, all 30-plus, and there's probably another five or six I could name that uh, are just about to head into their 30s as well. Do you reckon that's helped being a lot more mature, I mean, for the most part? I think it does, especially this time of the year, Carl. Like when we come into to big games, we've got players that have been there before and performed in the big moments. And I think we balance that with some really young up and coming players. I think um, the whole age demographic and the the negative connotations that our, our sport can sometimes um, pigeonhole older players into is that once you hit 30, you're done. Now, I think players should be able to play well into their 30s and think, you know, going forward, if if there is a slight reduction in, in game length, I think we can expect more of that. And um, I think it's a healthy balance that we've got with the older players. And, you know, the most important thing is those older players are still playing well, um, but balancing that up with um, with the youth as well. More of Patrick Dangerfield up next on Off The Bench. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench, Rob Beaver. Continuing our chat with Paddy Dangerfield, Paul Hazelby. Hey, Danger, personally, not from an AFL Players Association perspective, would you like to implement any of the things that were that we saw this year in regards to the season, the cramming of fixtures, the shorter breaks, the shorter time in games? Yeah, look, the, the, the ones that sort of really... Um, speak to me is the reduction in, in game length. Now, I don't think 16 and a half is right. I, I think it needs to be a bit more than that. Um, that sort of 17 to 18 mark, I think, would be would be spot on. And, and what reducing that quarter length would do would be it would give you the, the ability to play uh, off shorter turnarounds that we've seen this season. And when you have the shorter turnarounds, one of the really um, conflicting things when it came to the the equity of the fixture was trying to provide clubs with as much rest between games as possible. And in the current CBA, as it sits, it was only one uh, five-day break between games. So when you're dealing with those sort of um, discrepancies and you've only got one per club, it does make it hard to balance that fixture. So I think there can be real wins with reducing game length um, slightly, then being able to play more games in quick succession uh, and then being able to balance up the fixture in itself. And I think what will get off the back of that is players being able to play 
well into their 30s. I think every West Coast supporter wants to see um, big Josh Kennedy playing into the 35-36. They want to see Nat Fife doing the same thing. And I think we can get that if we slightly reduce the game length. And conversely, for younger players coming in, you know, you, you get the, the Matt Rouse of the world. Not, not every player is going to be that. But they don't get as fatigued as easily because we're not as ex- we're not expecting um, as much from them because they're not having to play for as long. Um, it's one of the longest games in world sport on one of the biggest ovals. So I think we can actually get better performance from our younger players and have our older players who we all love play well into their twilight um, of, of their careers and play well. So given that you want to play more games in shorter amount of times, do you reckon that we could have some more hubs into the future, Paddy, or do you want to see the back of hubs? Do you want to just kiss those <laughs> goodbye forever? <laughs> oh, look, as much as it's been tough at different stages, it makes sense to me that if we're going to play West Coast, then it's followed up with, with Fremantle the following week, a Sunday into Thursday game or a Sunday into a Friday game. And you might, like we did when we travelled over earlier during the year, play a game against uh, Collingwood. You know, if there was no restrictions, I think, you know, we, we do pretty well with the crowd and we get into the 30s. Um, you know, I think there's the, the, the option to potentially do that. And I think that would be a good thing for the game. And I think more broadly, even, um, you know, playing um, games in succession in Queensland, growing the game up here, um, whilst it's been a tough year, I think what it's done for the game up north has been and will be, sensa- when, uh, will, will be sensational. I don't mind it, Paddy. I don't mind it at all. Now, Geelong's been in the mix for every player. A couple more today or one more today with the speeds to Isaac Smith from the Hawks maybe going across to Geelong. But I want to ask about some younger players. Jordan Clark and Quinton Narkle, two West Aussies that have been on the outer a little bit. Uh, Are they wanted at the club? And do you think they'll have big futures? Yeah, there's no doubt they're they're certainly um, wanted and we love them as teammates. I love them as teammates. There's no better player or better looking player in the league than Quentin Arkell, I'll tell you right now. He's just a gorgeous individual. He's a <laughs> great teammate as well, but damn, he's good looking. Um, explosive inside the contest. He's, he's still got to continue to work on, on his engine. And I think when he, when he really nails that, then he'll be a really, really good top level AFL player. And, and for Jordan, He's he's had an indifferent season because he's just been injured, unfortunately, at different stages. And because the team's been going so well and has been so strong, it's a tough game to break. It's a tough team to break into. So, um, you know, they're both players that, that we love um, a huge amount, and I think have have great futures ahead of them um, in our great game. Patrick Dangerfield, there. Coming up next, we've got a very special treat. His name is John Frankham. He's going to tell us why he's on the show next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Great to have your company on this Saturday morning. Now, Hayes, I have been looking forward. Actually, I'm still looking forward to it, but right now we're going to get into it because you are jumping on a bike and you are riding 140 hey! kilometres on Monday. 140 k's. Nobody told me 140. Did you, did you not Google map it when you got <laughs> signed up? Uh, Margaret River to Bummy. Now, it is for a fantastic course. Can you tell us a little bit about why you'll be undertaking this feat? 
Oh, great uh, initiative by McDonald's. The Ride for Sick Kids uh, supporting the Ronald McDonald House. And uh, every year they go on a long ride. There's a lot of people. And I'm one of, I think, of about 30 riders that are getting involved. It's going to be tough. But we've also got others that we want to talk to, more important people than me. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And one of those is John Frankham. He's the licensee of a few different McDonald's franchises down in the southwest. He's been a part of this ride since its inception. We're lucky enough to be joined by him now. G'day, John. G'day, guys. How are you today? Very, very well. Thank you for joining us. Um, talk to us about the Ride for Sick Kids. Um, you've been involved in it since it began. Can you talk us through your connection to it? Absolutely. Um, so I've been with the McDonald's for over 34 years overall. So this is a great way to give back to the community and my local community and uh, also get our, uh, our, our my families and all my uh, staff involved in it as well. Now, given that uh, you've done this a few times, John, uh, I'm a first-timer. Any advice you've got for me? Wear two pairs of pants, mate. That's all I can say. (laughs) Two pairs of jocks or two pairs of pants? pants Because obviously sitting on those small seats, it does hurt after a while. Yes, yes. Uh, No, two pants of the cycling pants, uh, that certainly helps. I can tell you now, and that's what I still continue to do. And there's there's really good camaraderie, isn't there, amongst uh, a lot of the franchisees of McDonald's. I've met a few of them. They're all great guys. So I imagine it's going to be a really good time. Oh, look, absolutely. The camaraderie is fantastic. Um, there's support at all levels in McDonald's, um, all, all the way through the corporate staff as well. And, and, and it is great that the camaraderie is there to help each other along. Um, it is a tough stretch, 140K. So uh, it's good to get the hand of God helping you up those hills, I can tell you. It would have been good to be behind uh, Scotty Cummings last year, a bit of a windbreak. Uh, how was that experience? <laughs> oh, look, that was great. And I was behind him. And he's such a big boat, trust me. Um, I was greatly behind him, enjoying the windbreak. Um, and and uh, he did need to be helped up the hills like some of us, so that was great. <laughs> T- talking about, uh, in terms of the actual 140Ks, I know Hayes has been riding his bike into the office, been rocking up in the uh, fluoro yellow vest and the lycra, not exactly the I did that I one need. time. Yeah, you did it one time. That was his warm-up. Um, but talk us through the actual, this 140-kilometre stretch. You mentioned there's a few hills. Obviously, we don't uh, 100% know what the wind and the weather's going to be like a couple of days out, but uh, talk us through the... Oh, I suppose, the experience of riding just that particular leg? Oh, look, we're very fortunate because probably the toughest part of it is the Margaret River. There's a few hills. But basically from Bustleton through to Bunbury, it's all flat. So it's quite flat. So that's fantastic. Um, the hills are the killers. Um, but if we can all get in the, you know, in line and away we go on the flats, it's fantastic. No worries. Uh, John, we really appreciate your time uh, this morning on Off the Bench. Best of luck with the ride. I'm sure you'll see Paul Hayes will be down there in a couple of days. And uh, it's an amazing thing that the McDonald's licensees uh, are doing. We hope it all goes well and we look forward to catching up with uh, possibly yourself, but definitely Paul Hayes will be next week here on Off the Bench. Fantastic. Could I just give a quick shout out out to Ethan Lauro, who started this with me nine years ago. Um, He's now one of my staff. So he was frequent at the uh, Ronald McDonald House when he was such a young little baby boy uh, or or a boy coming through. Um, And for him to come through that and now be one of my crew working with me is fantastic. That is uh, amazing. John, really appreciate your time.
Thank you, guys. Have a great day. See you John, later. John Frankham there, one of the Maccas licensees. He'll be joining you on your leg from Margaret River up to Bunbury. And uh, that story about Ethan, obviously, nine years ago, getting it underway. And the work that the Ronald McDonald House charities do right across uh, Western Australia is phenomenal. They're there when people need them the most. And you only need to talk to some of the people who have had to use those facilities over the years um, to talk about the lasting impact it has on them, their families, uh, and then also the things that they can do to give back to the community in a wider sense. Are you ready, Paul? I'm ready. I can't wait. I'm a bit excited. I haven't done too much preparation, so hopefully I get through. But uh, I'm going to take this further too. It's not going to be my last one. I want to do the the whole circuit next year. So once I commit, I'll commit and maybe get a bit fitter and try and pull some people through. But uh, I'm genuinely excited about this. No, this looks good. I can't wait to see you rocking up in Lycra a few more times over the next 12 months in preparation. That's all we've got time for on another edition of Off the Bench. Hayes, thanks for your time. As always, good luck on Monday with the bike ride, and we'll catch up with you next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.